0: series of core values here at Hope at what is at the core, and so I have a quiz for you today. And um, you need to tell me what we've already covered as core values and what we're talking about today. You can give one answer, you don't have to give one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are help. <laughs> <laughs> community number two. Inclusivity number three. Creativity and today. Simplicity and next week.
1: Transformation.
0: Transformation. Transformation. So um, two weeks, three weeks ago, I was here um, preaching to you all about community, and actually, you all were sharing your own stories um, about how what community means to you and how it's lived out here at Hope Gateway, which was beautiful, sacred. And then two weeks ago, Alan talked about inclusivity and how we aim to welcome everyone and how that's not always easy, but that's um, what we always, always, always want to be more and more open and extend our circles wider and wider. And last week, Lindsay talked about creativity and how... um, We want to be creative because we are created, and we are about continuing to create and share the gifts that we have that we all might be more than we already are. And today, we're talking about simplicity, which seems very simple, but um, I think might be the most complicated so far to interpret by what we mean if we live by simplicity. Because what does it mean to be simple? Well, what we said, five years ago it meant to be simple, was in a world preoccupied with materialism, consumption, and greed, we long for a simpler way. We strive to live simply, both individually and in our life together, to generously share our resources and practice faithful stewardship of God's creation. So it's about my own living simply, for my own sake, so that greed is not in charge of my life, and neither materialism or consumption, and that I live simply so that other people can also live, because if I take all the cookies for myself, then nobody else gets them, right? (coughs) So and more simply put, we live simply so that others may simply live. We live simply for ourselves, and we live simply for the sake of others. So what does it mean to live simply? Well, I think it means we make choices to say, does this choice make my life simpler or more complicated? It's a good thing to reflect on as we go. So, when I was um, thinking about this idea, this story that you have probably heard of, even if you haven't heard the story, it's a famous story that we still talk about in in this age of people not knowing the Bible at all. People know this story. And this story is... Jesus is prompted to tell this story by a question. And Jesus is good at answering questions of stories. Okay. And it is a story that explains the most basic premise of Judaism, and therefore one of the most basic premises of Christianity. I'm reading from Luke 10, beginning in verse 25. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? What do you think the answer to that question is? You're asked Jesus, like Jesus is the one to ask, right? What must I do to gain eternal life? The answer is pray a prayer or believe something. Right? <laughs> Jesus replies, what is written in the law? Hmm, a question. How do you interpret it? He responded reading or from his mind from the law. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is the answer to what must I do to gain eternal life. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, (laughs) and and love your neighbor as yourself. Yourself. So this guy that Jesus is talking to is a smart guy who knows how to talk to people like Jesus. And so, (coughs) Jesus says, You have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But the legal expert, who wanted to prove that he was right, He said to Jesus, "And who is my neighbor?" So they're asking each other questions, because that's how you have a good debate, right? How you learn things. So then, finally, Jesus tells the story to answer the question, "Who is my neighbor?" And the premise behind the question, who is my neighbor, is there's some limit to who my neighbor is, right? Because if you tell me who my neighbor is, then I can tell you that those people are not. And I don't have to love them as I love myself, because if I'm asking who is my neighbor, then I want to know where the line is. So is it the person next door to me that's my neighbor, or the people down the block, or like people who live in the same city as me, or... What's the qualification? Right? Who is my neighbor? So Jesus is going to tell a story. And what you need to know before you hear this story is what everybody who was, heard this story the first time knew. Is that Samaritans are people to be avoided. There is a whole region of Samaria, and when you travel in Israel, it's easier to go through it. But you don't. Because you do not want to be with these people. You do not want to be like these people. These people used to be Jewish, but then they intermarried. And they have fallen away from the practices. They are not what we should be. And so Samaritans are not upstanding citizens. They are people that we avoid. They are the outcasts. So that's a significant part of the story. Keep that in mind. Here's the story. A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him, and left him near dead. Now, it just so happened. That a priest was going down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite, an upstanding man, came by that spot. He saw the injured man and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. A Samaritan, who was on a journey, came to where the man was. But when he saw him, he was moved. Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, (coughs) tending them with oil and wine. Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took two full days' worth of wages. And gave them to the innkeeper. He said, take care of him, and when I return, I will pay you back for any additional costs. What do you think? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered the legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Jesus says, which one of these three should you be like? The priest, the one who knows the law and follows it, the Levite who also knows the law and follows it. Or the Samaritan, who showed compassion to a stranger. The Samaritan, who took a risk in caring for someone who had just been beaten. Because you know when someone has been injured and attacked, when you ally yourself with them, or you put yourself in the place that they're at, you might get hurt too. Right? And the Samaritan, who not only cares for the man there in that place, but takes him on his own donkey, takes him to an inn, continues to care for him, and the next day, this is a stranger that he's picked up on the side of the road, and the next day, he has to move on, so he gives the innkeeper two days' worth of wages. Now, this guy didn't just get his monthly paycheck and then, like, give a little bit. This was probably all he had with him, or just about all he had with him, except for the maybe the necessities that he would need on his way home. So he gave the money to the innkeeper, and he went on his way, and he didn't have enough to get that latte at Starbucks. Or to pick up that gadget that he'd really been wanting, because he was going to go by the store on the way from where he was coming to where he was going. But he didn't have that money because he'd just given two days' wages to care for this guy. And he didn't just give that money then, but said, if there are more costs that you have, I'm your man. I will pay for it. I'm caring for this man. Not because I know him a stranger, but he's a neighbor. I think the Good Samaritan shows us a pretty good way to live simply so that others can simply live. The man who was picked up on the side of the road lived because the Samaritan made choices in his life about his time and his money and what was important, which I think is a really good reminder to us, especially today. Because today is a day of consumption, right? There are rules like at Thanksgiving and Super Bowl Sunday about overeating, right? Like this is what you should do, you should eat a lot of food that's really bad for you, right? Like, it's not like... It's not some... I mean, some of us like football, but all of us like to eat. And, while we're eating these things that we eat too much of and we probably shouldn't have, shouldn't, we are watching if not the football, at least the commercials. (laughs) Because they are going to tell us what we need in our lives. And they... Have invested a lot of money today, in this moment, because this is the time you will be paying attention to find out what you need, how your life can be better, and how you can be cooler or whatever it is you want to be. Anybody know how much a commercial is going for at tonight's Super Bowl? Two million, three point dollars For thirty seconds. $4 million dollars to tell you what you need. And you know why people pay that? Because it works. Because it works. People would not pay four million dollars to do something that didn't work. Like these people are in advertising. They only do things that work. <laughs> they have tried to only do things. It's hard on a day like today, or in a culture like our culture, that says what you need to be happy is more to live simply. But we aim to do that here at Hope Gateway, we aim to do that. Collectively in our lives together and we aim to do that individually and we do that in ways like caring for the earth like we have cloth napkins and we have mugs to drink out of and we make choices we have made choices and continue to make choices that are somehow practical and somehow ideal and so we think about what we do and its impact on us and its impact on the world, and we hold simplicity as a value when we make those choices. And it's not always easy, and it's not always simple, but it's an ideal that we hold. Um, Alan and I, in our personal lives, try to hold simplicity as a value and try to not continue to think we need more things and get more things that we don't need. And I was reminded of this um, this week and last week by our daughter Rachel, who's six and in first grade. And somehow there's a buzz going on in her first grade class about Toys R Us. (laughs) And she's been asking when we're going to go to Toys R Us, and if she's ever been to Toys R Us. she has, but not for what she wants to go to Toys <laughs> because I think, I don't know if this actually happens in the families in her class, but the fantasy that she has gotten from her other friends is that they go there a lot, and that when they go there, they get the toys they want, and so I think that she has this fantasy that we're going to go into this building and there's going to be toys everywhere, and they're all going to be things that she loves. And she's going to go, and she's going to pick out one or two or three of the things that she really is excited about, and then she's going to have them, and then she's going to be happy. (laughs) Adults don't have that fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) We get over that. (laughs) But I said to her during one of these conversations, Rachel, you don't really like toys. <laughs> she said, no, I don't, but Catherine does. <laughs> toy section. (coughs) But this dream that we have of happiness is a dream that's been given to us by consumption and commercialism and materialism and greed, that if only we had more, things would be better. But the truth is that if we have more, someone else has less. And the beauty that I have seen, and the way that I have seen this lived out here at Hope Gateway, is that when someone has been in need, and people understand that there's a need, they give not just of the extra two days' wages, because everybody has an extra two days' wages, right, to give, but they give that $5 that was going to get them that cup of coffee, or they give them that $100 that was going to be something else because somebody else needs something more. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to care for one another in a way that's self-sacrificing, not like hurting you, but actually giving up something so that someone else can have something. what it means to live in the way of simplicity. Um, There's a historical group of Christians that were actually um, founded in this country by some women back in the 1800s, and they had lots of rules about how you should live, and what you should do, and how things should be simple, and rules made things simple, and they had an amazing idea that women and men were equal back in the 1840s, but separate. group was called the Shakers, and they were called the Shakers because they used to dance. They used to dance in circles, and they used to spin, like they used to spin in a big circle, and they used to spin in little circles, and one um, of the elders of one of the Shaker communities was um, born in Cumberland, Maine in 1797 and his name was joseph brackett he wrote the song simple gifts or tis a gift to be simple and it's a beautiful song about having simplicity as an ideal and understanding that when we reach Simplicity there is a peace. And when we find ourselves in that place, it's a wonderful thing. And it's a wonderful thing for us, and it's a wonderful thing for the world. So I'm gonna, we're going to sing this song, but I'm going to read you the um, words of it first. And as I'm reading it, I want you to imagine people dancing to this song and turning, turning, and spinning. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, Will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed. To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come ground right. My prayer for us is that we can turn towards simplicity, that we can turn towards each other, that we can turn away from the things that lead us down other paths, and that when true simplicity is gained, we will be in the valley of love and delight. I invite you to stand and we'll sing together. Thank you.